Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Carl Carafel, and this is Turnbuckle Talk. Thank you to our sponsors, Rogue Energy. Amazing quality energy drinks available for you at RogueEnergy.com. While you're there checking out the amazing sugar-free, no-crash products, make sure that you use the promo code OLE pods and get yourself 10% off your entire order when you are there. And thank you to collarandelbowbrand.com. Collar and Elbow Brand, founded by professional wrestler Al Snow, offers you streetwear for the wrestling fan. Go and check out collarandelbowbrand.com. While you're there, use the promo code JKPODCAST and get yourself 10% off every single time. This week, joined alongside the new co-host of Turnbuckle Talk, Chris Best, and every second week, returning friend, OMD. Gentlemen, it is fantastic to see your faces for another Turnbuckle Talk, where we bring you the stories that maybe others aren't really talking about, and just have a grand old time chris how you doing my friend doing pretty good uh been kind of a quiet day as far as the wrestling news world goes so i'm a little a little bit leery about it you know what i mean hey <laughs> we always have shit to talk about That's oh i know I but i mean like there's always that one thing there's always a giant story that happens you know what i mean you're new here new ish here you will learn that it is par for the course for the big news to happen after we have finished doing our live broadcast. It yeah, never that's, seems that's to what fail. I'm to. <laughs> OMD, my brother, how are you? I am doing well. A little bit tired. It was a long, hot day out in the sun, but... Yes, it was. <laughs> but the day off tomorrow, so I get to relax, sleep in, and enjoy my wonderful time here. I always appreciate you having me. As a returning guest here, it is always thankful that you decide to come on and do the show here with us. And as we talk about returning guests, let's talk a little bit about returning superstars. No, I'm not talking Edge, the rated R superstar. I'm talking Tommaso Ciampa returning from injury on Monday night raw we got to witness this last night on our monday night raw watch along stream and if you guys have not checked that out go back and check that out on our uh, youtube page because that man over there lost his shit i did i did and i went back and watched it like four or five times and i'm still losing my shit over it you know travis thank you so much for popping in here appreciate you my friend Join in in the conversation, please. Leave those comments. We love putting them up on screen and interacting with all of you. Yes. Tommaso Ciampa making his return, a long expected return of nine months that happened. Yes. I didn't, I figured that it was actually going to be longer. Thankfully, mm-hmm. it was not. And we finally got Tommaso Ciampa coming back. Right. Yes. And just to showcase how excited I was about his return, remember back at the Royal Rumble, how often I kept on saying, he's going to be at the Rumble. He needs to be at the Rumble. And I kept asking where he was. 
Right. Yeah. And that that just shows like that's like seven months pretty much of built up excitement for just to watch yes. him come back for me, you know. Yes. And I, I'm not sure about it, but I believe he followed in the footsteps of John Hennigan in going to Brazil for treatment and doing stem cell treatment. <laughs> um <laughs> But I am not a hundred percent. I do not have full clarification on that. Right. So speculation at this point, it definitely is. Travis, thank you so much for popping in, my friend. Absolutely appreciate you and what you do here for us. And uh, the interaction that you give to us is absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, saying no one will survive the return of the black heart. That's right. Yeah. So, Chris, you're the one that was seemed to have been the most excited for the Tommaso Ciampa return. Did this live up to an expectation for you? Did it fall short? How are you feeling after this return? I'm still very jacked about it. I'm very excited to see where he goes. I've been watching this dude since Ring of Honor, since he was working with uh, Brian Danielson. Right. And uh, thank you, Mark, for uh, jumping in and saying hi. I would like to say hi to you as well. But no, like I've been watching this dude for like the last 15, 16 years, I want to say. Yeah. And just he he's he was one dude that I've always wanted to see come to the WWE. And when he did, I was even more jacked about that. I was even more jacked when he became partners with Johnny Gargano as well. This dude has a future in the business. I loved it. I want to see him in the main event. I want to see him up against Seth Rollins. I want to see him against Finn Balor. I'm just, I'm very excited about where he's going to go from here as well. So I will give my opinion after uh, a few moments here of letting OMD give his side of the story when it comes to Tommaso Ciampa's return. I was quite excited and you know, I'm glad they let him come out on his own. Um, right. So that was fantastic. Do I think that they could have added and maybe touched on the reunion? Sure. Um, because it was rumored that, you know, a few weeks ago, Johnny said, he's coming. He'll be here. Um but, you know, the fact that there was no post-match interview with him or no bump in in the back. It was, he was there, did his thing, and he was gone. Right. Um, and that's great. And I mean, like, we know that he'd had guest appearances, appearing as a lawyer in, 20 years ago in WWE. Yeah, it was fun, um, by the way. <laughs> um, and, you know, as Chris touched on watching him in Ring of Honor, I remember watching his match against our good friend, Mr. Rip Impact. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I I was happy with the return, but I clearly made it known that I want Tommaso Ciampa in a singles run. Yes. I do not want him to go back with Gargano into the tag team division. I want an actual run. I, I get Tommaso it. Ciampa. I get it, and I do completely agree with you. I think that you could put him in the way and let him have that singles run and let Gargano and Dexter go after the tag belts. 
I, I was just going to say the exact same thing, OMD. <laughs> the exact same thing. Um, but, I mean, Gargano and Dexter have become the Santino Morella and Vladimir Kozlov of this generation. Okay. Um, JJ, my brother, thank you so much for popping in. JJ says, I want them to actually write for Ciampa, but until they learn his greatness, it's going to be ugly. And I agree with you. I think it is going to be ugly for the first little while. That's why I don't want them just to revert back to the safe place of the tag team division with him i don't want that now chris yes you're hearing something in the rumor mills of the interwebs going on what are you hearing about tomaso right now well as omd had said the rumors flying about is that he is going to be joining with the gargano with gargano indy hartwell and um uh dexter but they are still going to be pushing him as a single star, but within that stable. So, I mean, I'm on the edge about that. Like, I don't want him to be particularly with Gargano. I could see them pairing, teaming up with Gargano every once in a while, maybe when, if uh, Champa needs help or if Gargano needs help, something like that. And, but they just continue back on their singles route, you know? And this could actually help Gargano a little bit too. I mean, he's been a person non grata for the last few weeks on Raw, so. Yeah. And I've actually heard that they are doing the full-on DIY reunion, which I want to see what Tommaso can do singles as much as you guys. Um, I could see, like uh, Chris Best just touched on, the, you know, if one needs help, then step in. Right. Or in a position of war games. Absolutely. But don't don't prolong it. Don't drag it out. I had even read today that they are talking about the reunion and into a feud for the tag titles against KO and Sammy. At this point, do we really need any more tag teams? No. No, we've got a really deep tag division as it is. So, Which they are doing fantastic at pushing right now. Absolutely. But I, as I said, I just want, if they are going to do this, I just want to see more out of Gargano. Uh, yeah. Because like, we're going to see a lot of Champa, that's for sure. Because I know next week they're more than, he's more than likely going to come out, explain why he did what he did to his return everything like that. Then we're going to probably see the Miz come out. We're probably going to see a feud between them two start. Right. And finish off maybe at SummerSlam before I really don't see that because I can't see Champa coming out and justifying. It's not something he's ever been yeah, but, known for. OMD, did you catch what he was saying to the Miz before, uh, during the match? No. He kept on shouting, not one text. You never called me. All that kind of stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So we, we have a return from an injury. Let's move to someone who is currently injured. The last time that this person had any action inside the professional wrestling ring was on March 5th at the Revolution pay-per-view 
where then AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Guns, had successfully defended them against Orange Cassidy, the Acclaimed, and Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. This man, Danhausen, had gotten injured during the match at Revolution, where he suffered a torn pectoral muscle. Danhausen is a very well loved, not just liked, well loved character within AEW. Fans even tweeting out, watching hashtag collision, and I'm just like, where is Danhausen? To which he responded back to that person saying, I am injured. Tell the TV. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. The guy has had such an amazing momentum and an amazing push going forward in his AEW career. We've kind of moved away from the whole like voodoo type of stuff that he had been doing to actually performing and doing well in his performance, seeing what he can actually do as a wrestler. Yes. Only for this to happen. He's become injured, uh, which, which, which sucks. Now I haven't been able to talk to you guys about Danhausen. I'm a fan of Danhausen, so I want to go around. We're going to start with OMD. Are you a fan or not a fan of Danhausen, and why? I am a fan of Danhausen. I've always found him to be entertaining and even a little over the top. Going back to his time in yeah. Ring of Honor, where he oh, drank yeah. the jar of teeth. Um, yes. Now he didn't bring that with him to AEW, and I don't know if that's because. TNT said, no, you can't do that. Right. Um, And then, yes, you know, he got the over the top with he's doing the curse, but we never really got to see him get put into a great TV spot on a regular basis other than accompanying Orange Cassidy and best friends. Right. He was almost like the entertainment manager. The sideshow. Yeah, and the distraction. Yes, he got a couple of matches. You know, he had his tag match with Hook and all of that. But when you're not giving the guy the chance to compete on a regular basis, these injuries are going to happen probably a little more often. Right. And so that sucks. So I feel bad for the guy. I do too. Chris, what are are your thoughts on Danhausen? Yay, nay, and why? Okay, so I'm totally a fan of Danhausen because I think he is what Kazarni should have been. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Um, but I don't wish injury on any wrestler, regardless of whether I hate them or like them. So this really sucks for him because I I had a lot of expectations out of him too. Not so much as like maybe a world title run, but as maybe like a TNT title run or something like that. Speaking of which, I'd like to, uh, oh, so TNT title changed hands to uh, Luchasaurus. So I'd like to throw out a congratulations to him for winning that yes. title. I'm a big fan of him as well. Um, but yeah, like this, this just sucks. Cause gone is my, one of my favorite comedy routines for, for the next year, more than likely. Probably. 
I mean, it's already been a little while. I mean, we're looking March, you know, April, May, June. It's already three months. Torn yeah. Peck. Mm. Unless he works as hard as Cody did at coming back from the the Torn Peck, you know. <laughs> right. JJ says Danhausen shows us what we all love about wrestling, a character who is just that, a character, yeah. and he lives the gimmick all day. Oh, yeah, and yes. that's just another thing, too, is you said that he was loved by the fans. He's not just loved by the fans, but he's loved by the boys in the locker room, too. Absolutely. Okay, now, Chris, as you just touched on, the TNT title changing hands, and this is something that irks me. I love Luchasaurus, don't get me wrong, but is the TNT championship on Wardlow the same as the 24-7 title to R-Truth. Lose it, win it, lose it, win it, lose it, win it, and not establish any momentum. I kind of see where you're going with that. It, it, if if uh, Wardlow does take it back, I think it is going to deplete the meaning of that title because the way I look at that belt right now, it's kind of like the Intercontinental title for... Uh, AEW or the television title for WCW, as it yep. were. <laughs> he is the nice. wrestler who I have all their shirts released from uh, uh, PWT Pro Wrestling Tees. Nice, nice. I, I thought it was going to be. Pro, I thought it was Pro Wrestling Torch for a second. <laughs> right, right. No, I knew. I knew as soon as I saw T-shirts. I knew it's because I've been yeah. reading Torch, uh, the Torch, all day. So, oh jeez. So, yeah, the title change happened, uh, you know, and uh, it is what it is right now. I want to talk about the Intercontinental Championship for a little bit. Okay. I want to talk about Gunther and the Intercontinental Championship. An amazing run that we have seen from Gunther with that championship. I yes. absolutely love what is going on before we continue though drew thank you so much for popping in remember all our fans that are watching us on the youtube side please make sure you give us that thumbs up it's free and it helps us helps push us a little further in the algorithm and get more people to take a look at turnbuckle talk he's saying i hear that seth was supposed to face champa but triple h said no I don't want him to lose on his return. Smart. And I'm pretty sure there may have been a question mark that was supposed to be in there. Let's very touch smart. back on that. And yes, I agree. Very smart. I, I think I well. do too. Um, apparently that opening segment got changed up by one Vince McMahon. Well, here's the thing too. I, I seem to remember last week, I believe it was, they announced that there was supposed to be... Seth Rollins laying an open challenge for the world title this Monday. Yeah. And right. Apparently Vince changed it to the attack from Finn Balor, which, you Again. know, everybody knocks on Vince, but that was a brilliant move that it, it was a few brilliant moves he's had in the last couple of it years, was. but everybody wants to knock on Vince and the creative department going back a year, but Nobody wants to put these down and watch wrestling and just enjoy it. Right. 
No, it's very true. I think that this was the smartest way to do this, to have Tommaso Ciampa return and not be in a situation where he was going to be forced to lose. We want to have this return and build him as a contender that he definitely is. Yes, this is the way to do it. And I was going to bunk off that, Carl, because what you want to do right now with the World Heavyweight title is you need to build a list of contenders for Seth's title right now. A list of guys that Seth can travel around and wrestle with over the next however long he has that title. Yeah. You want to make sure that make sure that you're watching house shows, people. If you have the WWE come to your area, go and check out one of their house shows. Absolutely. Yeah. You know why? Because that's where they test. They tell you the future coming up storylines. Yep. Just saying. Yes. A storyline that I don't want to see is an amalgamation. Let's mm. make our way back to Gunther and the Intercontinental Championship. He says that he is not interested in combining the WWE Intercontinental title with the new World Heavyweight Championship being held by Seth freaking Rollins. He says, if I'm still the Intercontinental Champion, which I'm planning to be, I do not think so, actually. When He said that when he asked if uh, he'd be interested in facing Seth Rollins. He says the new World Heavyweight Championship just got introduced. So I think that there is no interest by anyone to merge that again with another title. Which, a match between the two, would kind of automatically do so. Absolutely. I think we're in two different divisions right now when it comes to that. But... Down the line, everything is possible, I would say. Those are the words of Gunther inside of a uh, 10-count interview that he recently did. Yeah, And I'm all for it. I'm 100% with Gunther on this. You don't want the merged. I mean, he is on the verge in i believe it's another month and a half of surpassing the honky tonk man for the longest individual yep. reign oh yes so, oh yes and and so, let's look at the last time they they merged the intercontinental title with the world heavyweight title 2002 triple h and kane nobody right. wanted that to happen nope but it did and when that when when Bischoff realized his mistake, I'm I'm using a kayfabe sense here because I know it wasn't Bischoff's decision. Right. Yep. But when Bischoff realized that mistake and he brought back the Intercontinental title, I that the pop that night when it was mentioned that it was coming back, yeah, was awesome. Just phenomenal. Absolutely. I mean, but I'm also gonna point out if you go back, I can't remember what year it was, but you had Seth Rollins versus John Cena. Title versus title, the U.S. Championship versus the WWE Championship. Seth had both at the end of the night and defended both separately. Right. Let's go even farther back, 1990, when the Ultimate Warrior beat Hogan for the title. He was the Intercontinental Champion at the time. Yes, he was. But what they did was uh, Jack Tunney came out about a week after the show and stripped a Warrior of the title and put it up in a tournament. Yes, and that's why, like, even... Won by Mr. Perfect. Even if you go back when Paige was the NXT champion 
and went up and won the Divas title, she got told that she could not carry the NXT Women's Championship anymore. So. Right. So all around, we're all kind of saying not no a good to, idea no for them to do it. <laughs> no. Don't put them together. And even Gunther is in agreement with that. Brandon, thank you so much for coming in. Brandon's got a question here for us. Says, uh, you think, what do you, who you, what do you, do you think Raw should do with Odyssey Jones when he's ready for his debut in your guys's idea? Um, with Odyssey, I don't think that enough people know who Odyssey Jones is yet. Right. So they're going to have to do something to build Odyssey before we need vignettes from him. Yeah. Yeah. Before there is anything that can be done at all, people need to know who Odyssey Jones is. And Odyssey didn't even get all that much exposure on NXT before they drafted him. Right. So I think maybe they need to put him back down in NXT, not just be part of the catering crew. <laughs> right. But, but we, no, you don't even need to, you need to have him go back to down to NXT. You just have to do, like Chris said, vignettes. Yeah. Start building the character of Odyssey Jones and who Odyssey Jones is and show us that. How freaking cool was it? Yes, JJ, uh, going to house shows, meeting the wrestlers at dark shows. Absolutely fantastic. How uh, how even more fantastic was it when we got vignettes of this guy that was oozing machismo? Oh, oh yeah, the Razor Ramon Right? <laughs> Yep. So why can't we do something like this again? We're already seeing absolutely. We're already absolutely. seeing where Monday Night Raw is making kind of some '90s, early '90s, late '80s kind of vibes to it. Let's throw that shit back in there. Hundred percent. It wasn't just his vignettes too. I, Tatanka's vignettes were pretty exciting for me as well because me being Native American, right, or Native Canadian, and seeing right. another Native on screen. Uh, Ludwig Borga, his vignettes were pretty fucking awesome too. Oh, right, Ludwig Borga, may he rest in paradise. I miss him. <laughs> I'm just bummed out that they didn't go ahead with his feud with Lex Luger like they were trying to. <laughs> yeah. Um, Travis, I think uh, keeping the name Odyssey Jones will be perfectly fine because you 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 need to still take those people that are diehard NXT fans and give them something to watch. And but if I mean, you have a character like Odyssey Jones, keep the name Odyssey Jones and allow it just to work so that these NXT uh, diehards are going to want to watch Monday night raw yeah. as well. Yeah. But I mean, do you, do you bring him in as a heel or a baby face? Cause Odyssey Jones is a big dude and we've already got our big dude heel in Bronson Reed. Bring him in right now as a tweener. Let the fans decide. Yeah. Do these vignettes, let the fans decide one way or another. Yeah. And speaking of awesome vignettes, Kurt Angle even had awesome vignettes before coming yes. in. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. This man needs no introduction and no vignettes at all when it comes to his time in Impact Wrestling. And thankfully... We are going to be seeing a lot more of this person as they have signed a long-term deal to stay with Impact. Yes, we are talking Moose. 
Moose. Moose. Moose. It was set to expire this month. However, he let us know that he will be sticking around the impact zone for the foreseeable future thanks to a new deal that's unlike anything the promotion has seen so far. According to a statement that he gave us on Twitter, he says that uh, he wants to become as synonymous with impact as the names like AJ Styles and Kurt Angle, something that he inspires to do, and that is what gave him the courage to put the pen to the paper to sign an extension. I know, OMD, you brought this to my attention uh, last night. I had seen it, but this is something that you wanted to touch on and talk about. Yes. Please take take right. the, the reins on this and let us know. I am ecstatic about this um, because Moose was brought in with Mike Bennett a number of years ago. Right. And he's mm. stuck around. Yes, he's just wrapping up a three-year deal. This is the longest contract in impact history. And no, we didn't get the details. We don't know if it's a five or a seven year. And I'm okay with that. Because, and what it's showing me is Moose was dedicated to Ring of Honor. He's dedicated to impact. And he is doing, going on to try and be the Undertaker, the Shawn Michaels of impact. Or Sting for WCW. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So I am a hundred percent jacked for this. Do I think he deserves a couple more title runs? Absolutely. I'd be okay <laughs> with it. Yep. And I would be okay if he and Eddie Edwards revisited their tag team and their rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. Why it not? It would be absolutely brilliant and the wording that he put in there and saying you know my peers in other companies they know my body of work i don't have to go elsewhere to beat the best everywhere else right and you know so when you can sit there and say that you have unfinished business and there's so many rivalries and matches you want to have and you never know who's going to be brought in and who's going to leave? Yeah. It's very, very true. Chris, what do you what are you thinking about Moose signing an extension of, I would figure is going to be at least a seven-year extension? So I'm actually excited about this too, but if you asked me six or seven years ago when he was fielding offers from WWE and TNA at the same time, mm. I would have been disappointed because... I still feel like he could have done something in WWE. Granted, at the time when they wanted him, WWE was already pushing uh, Cryback, I think, was there. Yeah. Uh, Braun Strowman was there. So he. I'm excited that he stuck with TNA or Impact Wrestling uh, because he's basically the sole big man there. Yeah, he definitely is. Uh, good for him. Congratulations to him. I'm super happy that he did... Uh, as he says, put the pen to the paper and sign this deal to have the extension to get more years on that contract. And one of the biggest things for him, he says that he he prioritizes right now happiness, comfort and trust. So 
his decision to sign a new contract wasn't affected by money, wasn't affected by big arenas, wasn't affected by dream matchups that could possibly happen. None of that affected any of it. He came together with the heads of impact wrestling and sat down and got a contract done and figured out that is going to be beneficial. Yes. For the company, but also for his happiness, his health and his well being. That is what matters. Good for him. Yes. If he's happy, that was there, a resounding by yes. all means. You know oh, what I mean? <laughs> I mean, there are yeah. guys that are happy in WWE. There are guys that are happy in AEW. Stick to where you're happy with, you know? Oh, of yep. course. Of course. And that likens back to Cody, why he got out of AEW. He wasn't happy there. So, you know, why stay? Right. Yeah, Travis. I mean, KO and Sammy, you know, same thing, uh, you know, for the WWE. Yep. That's the you know, I think I think we're getting into this era now, um, you know, where more people are that's what they're looking for, right? Yeah. They're looking for, yes, I understand that I'm getting paid for this, I understand that I'm going and being an entertainer, that I'm doing, you know, a service for the fans. I get that, but at the same time, I need to worry about who I am as well. Yes. And I think that a lot of these uh stars are really putting that into a focus when it comes to their contracts renewing contracts or signing new deals yes and i don't blame them at all no it's almost like everybody just listened to what john moxley said on the chris jericho podcast many years ago that was his reasoning for leaving wwe to go to AEW was because he wanted to be happy he wanted to be back to where he was as a character he wanted a little bit more control over who he is yeah and it all like Mental health is now playing a huge factor in all of this. It is. Oh, yeah. 100% it is. And I think that it's something that uh, definitely uh, needs to be thought about. Yeah. 100% needs to be thought about. There's no reason why it shouldn't be. Hell, I'm going to go Absolutely. back even further. Gail Kim, when she left the WWE, remember how upset she was about her run there? But when she came back to Impact, how happy she was? Yep. Right? Yep. Right? Absolutely. And you know what? I think as as well, it's all about how you are treated within yeah, Gail Kim a was country. Yeah, the best there, so. No. Right. And that's, yeah, that's a huge, huge thing as well. Absolutely. Another person that I think was treated indifferently or has been treated indifferently over the years is the one man that we lost that we should never have lost. And that was Mr. Owen Hart. Yeah. Now, thankfully, we have. Martha, who has allowed for AEW to honor Owen Hart. And I absolutely love that. Last year, we had Britt Baker and I'm drawing a blank. Why am I? Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole. Cole. I, I could see him. I could see him. The words weren't coming out, though. They won. The Owen Hart Cup last year. And then we now have some names that we know coming out of Collision 
being Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. They both respectively made the announcement that they are going to be in the Owen Hart Cup. I want you guys to let me know how you feel about the Owen Hart Cup and AEW continuing on his legacy. I love OMD. it. I love it. Um, I was a huge fan when they announced it last year. We know that Martha will not work with WWE. Mm -hmm. So for her to open up the Martha Hart Foundation and do this with AEW, is fantastic to honor her husband's memory in the industry that he loved right so would i have loved loved to see something like this in wwe absolutely but you know there's that issue and we'll leave that for another time um so i love it I am excited to watch it. I thought it was a fantastic tournament last year. And this year, the tournament's going to be on their Canadian tour beginning this Saturday. Yes. In Toronto. Yes, it is. I'm happy and excited for that. I definitely am. Chris. Okay, so at first, I wasn't keen on Martha doing with AEW, uh, working with AEW stuff because... Owen's legacy wasn't with AEW, but Owen's legacy in wrestling as a whole. Now it makes sense. It, right. it makes sense even more now that they're doing this tournament with who's there in AEW. Guys uh, guys who have worked with Owen Hart, Jeff Jarrett, Mark Henry, for instance, two of Owen's closest friends in the business. Right. Um, I'm just wondering, though, who's going to win the tournament? I'm very curious about that. I'm very excited about Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs doing, doing this tournament. Because from what I saw from last year's tournament, a lot of those guys got some pretty decent pushes just for being in the tournament. Oh, they did. They did. Um, but I don't think they've actually announced a women's one this year. Or I haven't seen anything yet. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, look at what it did for Adam Cole. Look at what it, look at what it's done for Britt Baker right now. Yep. Two of the top people in AEW in my eyes. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I want to make sure this is something that we want to see again. We want to see uh, women as well, correct? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, okay. 100%. Okay, just making sure. I mean, like, I understand why I understand, you know, the reason why they're they're doing this, right, to, to honor Owen Hart. But we've seen absolutely nothing about it since the last one. We've right. heard nothing. It's it's like been it's very. Adams come like, out with the the Owen Hart belt that he had, or something like that, didn't he? A, like once or twice. Like it really wasn't a lot. No, they came out with it after they won it for maybe the first month, maybe month and a half. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, then Adam Cole got injured, and Britt's focus was on. Yeah, Brett you know, her alliance with Jamie Hader and Rebel and right. And she went on to win the women's title anyway. So and, Yeah, and those titles were not up to be defended, so you really didn't need them out on TV. No, you definitely didn't need them out on TV, but, I mean, we've seen nothing yeah. about it until the announcement of the next Owen Hart tournament. Why? Right. 
Why, why can't we put a little bit more prestige on that and, and ensure that people know that they are the winners of last year's Owen yeah. Hart Ab- Cup tournament? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can, you can have them walk out with the belt. doesn't have to be a, a, a belt that you, have to, you can defend. It could be just like how Ted DiBiase walked out with the million-dollar title. Absolutely. <laughs> um, the other thing I would even suggest as well would be the trophy like they do for the Andre the Giant Battle Royal or the Heritage Cup. Right. Except the Heritage Cup is actually defended like it's a title, though. It is. <laughs> so it's we'll, we'll, we're just going to have to wait and see. We know that there's going to be a men's. We're going to have to wait and see if there is a woman's uh, match that is going to be coming as well in the Owen Hart tournament. Since we're talking about women, I want to talk about Mickey James right now. Very interesting that Mickey James has filed a new trademark for a possible potential training venture. Okay. So in Tennessee, she has filed trademark for educational services, namely providing courses, workshops, and mentorship in the fields of professional wrestling character development, technical training, and promotional strategies. The trademark filed is Mickey James Master Class. Interesting. Do it. Do it. She's. We talked last week about um, guest trainers. I forget her name already. <laughs> Uh, who's coming to NXT? Mm-hmm. She's Mickey is another one whose brain you can pick because of how much, how much stuff she's been through as far as the business goes. Right? She knows everything. She knows all about character development. She knows how to work a great match. I mean, yep. Oh yeah. She would make a fantastic trainer. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And then of course you do have her husband Nick Aldis. Who right. again would make a fantastic trainer <laughs> to come in and help out every once in a while? Hundred oh, yeah. percent. And then, oh, of course, yeah. all of her friends and contacts throughout the years in the business. You're going to tell could, me she I could see her? I could see her bringing Trish in to give a hand because her and Trish are still very close. You That's know? exactly where I was just going to go. <laughs> was Trish and Lita. The, yeah, yeah no the three of them, along with Victoria, are all very close. I, I, absolutely. I absolutely love it. I am all for it, and I am very uh, happy if this does happen. Very happy if this happens. And I really want it to for Mickey James. She uh, has done more than enough inside the business yeah. to warrant doing this. I'm very, very happy about it. Absolutely. She's- as far as the as far as women go, she's a first ballot Hall of Famer in my eyes. Yes, she's, yes. No if and her but she's going. Given her injury, yeah. I do hope, you know, that as much as I'd like to see her come back for the odd match, I don't want to see her come back for another last rodeo or right. you know, not an extended run. You know, <laughs> Like, let her retire. Let her go and do this so that she can stay in the business and give back to it. But you don't have to be in the ring. 
And can I say, it still blows my mind that TNA allowed her to compete in the Royal Rumble with her theme song and the TNA women's title around her waist. Right? Yep. Right? For her to carry that championship out on a WWE show. But that was WWE did concede to that so that they could get Mickey James in. That, That was just awesome, though, that they allowed that. Yep. But I think that was part of you know, Triple H saying, you know what, we need to make amends to Mickey for the right. trash bag incident. Yeah. <laughs> no, very much so. Very much so. We are 45 minutes deep into this episode here. And before we get to our main topic of the night, back and better, we're going to hear from some of our past friends that have been with us here on Turnbuckle Talk. Hi, hello, and welcome. My name is the Alpha Female, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Whoa! G'day, Mitty's Bushwhacker, Luke here. 2015 Hall of Famer. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah! Whoa! This is pro wrestling's only modern-day Viking gunner, and you're on Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Nick Magnus Tolders, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hi, this is Leva Blue Pants Bates, and you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain and founder of Global Force Wrestling, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, f- <laughs> fellas, uh, you guys have a great day, and, and this is only because I'm talking to Canadians. It is actually spitting snow in Tennessee. See? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> That's in. a great <laughs> we've, we've had 70-degree weather here. For, I mean, we really had a warm December, and I get on the phone with damn Canadians, and we're spitting snow. So. My name is Carl Carafel. And this is Turnbuckle Talk, episode 326, Back and Better. That's what we're going to discuss here in our final segment of the evening. We're talking CM Punk with Chris Best, the new co-host of Turnbuckle Talk, and our returning friend, OMD. This is what we've got to end out the show. Probably the biggest thing that people have been talking about as of late is just simply CM Punk. We're going to allow you, Mr. Best, the brand new co-host of this show, to take the lead and talk about CM Punk. Okay, so we saw CM Punk come out on Collision, cut the promo. He had the red Jake the Snake looking bag uh, strapped over his shoulder. And it kept us wondering what was in there, what's in there. And it's obvious what was in there. It's the old AEW championship that he carried before uh, everything that had happened. And But that whole promo actually did leave me wondering and when he was going to pull that belt out of the bag. And kind of glad he didn't at the same time. And because of my distraction with that bag, the promo kind of fell flat for me a little bit. And I think he's, I I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but it sounds like he's pushing a new catchphrase to me. Yep. Yep. Tell me I'm lying. Tell me when I'm lying. Yeah. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Yeah. I got to change. I got to change one letter in the word better. And I'm going to change the second E to an I. Back and bitter. The tripe that he spewed. 
I was so uninvested in him because he did this tirade a number of years ago, the same type of thing in WWE, where he was just a crybaby, and I'm tired of it. Triple H put him in his place a number of years ago. Go fall on your sword. Get the hell out of wrestling. Yeah, it was. It kind of felt like he was trying to do a pipe bomb, but the pipe bomb was a bit of a dud. And, to me. and I'm I'm also going to be honest though, is that with the Tron and all of that going in the background, I got more distracted by that during his promo okay. than being able to pay attention to him himself. But he's just another bitter old man that needs to disappear. Overall. Yes, CM Punk's promo at the beginning of the show may have fell flat for some. We did see him in the main event, right? We did see him in the main event of the evening, teaming up with FTR. What did you think of the matchup that he had? From the little bit that I saw of the match, I was actually entertained because, like, I do like Punk as a wrestler in the ring. He's good. But as OMD said, I'm just tired of him playing the bitter, grizzled veteran wrestler <laughs> as far as being on the stick goes. And OMD? again, his performance fell flat. They even mentioned it saying, you know, oh, they're really managing Punk's minutes in the ring. Where... The other five guys carried the match, and yet CM Punk has to get the finish and the win because he's the bitter old man in his hometown. I got to say, though, my favorite spot in that match was when him and Joe started trading blows. I really like that spot. (laughs) Right. You know what? When it looked like they were both, that area really fell flat when they're like, Oh, he's on spaghetti legs. No, like you don't try and trade blows with Samoa Joe when you're both <laughs> barely able to stand and you're wobbling. It mm-hmm. did not go over for me. And I got to say, I kind of expected it when he came out for the promo. I did. And I heard it, the mixed reaction that there was in the crowd. Yes, there was more pops, but it was more of a 60-40 kind of situation, I noticed. Yeah. Yeah. So now let's talk AEW Collision as a whole. I want to get your guys' take on it. And then I want to go to uh, probably one of my favorite controversial people that are out there in the business today that talks about professional wrestling that has been inside the business. I'm going to go over his thoughts, which were actually very surprising to me. OMD, start with you. Give me your overall thoughts on Collision. Collision fell flat for me. And it started with that opening promo from CM Punk and being distracted by the Tron going. Um, Did I have issues with my feed a little bit? Yes. So I missed the end of the Wardlow Luchasaurus match. Okay. Um, So all in all, I mean, the crowd didn't seem overly invested in the show. The... Again, and the commentary. Kevin Kelly is not a good American commentator. I like how you said American because he's fantastic in New Japan. Um, 
So, no, collision, all in all, it just fell flat. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm okay. not going to just write it off after one episode. And that's good. I'm glad that you said that. I'm glad that you said that you're not going to write it off after one episode, because I know that only one episode can have a different effect on different people. We're going to get into that in a moment. Yeah. Chris, I want to hear your take on Collision as a whole, my friend. So the, the show as a whole for me was kind of like a roller coaster going up and down, up and down. And the ups for me was Miro, because okay. we didn't get Miro. We got Rusev. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was. Oh, yeah. Him and Tony Nice. I love Tony Nice as well. Him and Tony Nice were just awesome. <laughs> and for um, the other up for me was uh, Luchasaurus winning the TNT title, just because I've been a fan of Luchasaurus since he was in NXT as Judas Devlin and, yes. uh, and his time in the Big Brother house as well. That's a guilty pleasure of mine. And when he got in that house, I was all for him trying to win that game. <laughs> so we've got one that is a little indifferent, you know, in OMD. Chris, uh, wishy-washy, half and half going. Yeah, into... like I said, there were moments that were highs for me, moments that were lows for me on that show. I personally thought that it was fantastic. A breath of fresh air for AEW. This person thought so also, and I'm going to read through this person's comments without telling you who it is yet. Says, I more than enjoyed the show. It completely erased the last 12 months of my opinion of AEW, and I'm going into it with an entirely clean slate. I can't emphasize how impressed I was with Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness. The retired wrestling executive shared that the style of Kyle or of yeah, uh, Kevin Kelly and uh, Nigel McGuinness is the closest thing that he would have as preferred type of commentary. Um, says whoever booked this shit, whoever was in the room, whoever had the most influence over the format and the pacing. Don't ever let that person out of your sight. Maybe it was Tony. I don't think so because I've never seen anything out of AEW come remotely close to the level of near perfection of the collision formatting. Please. Somebody take a look at the backstage promos because they really hurt the overall product. They've demonstrated here that they have the ability. They just need to lean into it a little bit more. Now, I was shocked when I found out who this was. This is Eric Bischoff. Who wow. for the last year has shit all over the AEW product, but Collision has turned something around for him. Wow. And it's interesting that, that, that all of these, right? All of these different things are here. Eric Bischoff saying, great job. I'm invested into this. And then we get other people who were saying, it didn't work for me at all. I wasn't happy. <laughs> I, I, I love how there's this diversity within professional Absolutely. wrestling. Oh, yeah. The, I, I am going to give them credit for a few things with Collision. One, Tony Khan did not come out with a huge announcement. Right. <laughs> you didn't get any, you know, 
earth-shattering surprises. Like we had, you know, as Chris said, we had Miro. We had that the return of Miro. We had the return of CM Punk. And there was the, uh, who else was returning on Collision? Andrade. Andrade, yeah. El yeah, and, uh, to have, speaking of Andrade, I forgot uh, his match with Buddy Murphy. Fantastic. Okay, that 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 was a high point. Yep. Um, but the end <laughs> of it with the House of Black was just a little too predictable. And where was LFI for him? One of the high points of that match actually was the sign in the crowd that I, that was on the hard cam during the match too between Dom or Dom between Buddy and Andrade uh, at uh, Ali Velo there. The sign that read, um, oh, oh, I'm drawing a blank on it now. It was something about uh, it was something, something about Dominic and Rhea. Dom and and mommy. <laughs> right. I couldn't help but laugh at that sign. Yeah, which which was even seen by Rhea Ripley, and she even tweeted out that how how much of a simpleton this person is. They don't even know how to spell mommy properly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And I love that that's, as well. I love that there is this that's like Rhea steering into the skid, and I love it. You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. I love that we're getting once again professional wrestling. Yes, where yes, there are different companies that are at work here but there is almost like a camaraderie between them where we can have these signs there and then the superstar from a different company kind of taking a little jab and talking about it yeah and it's not gonna go and be this huge issue with hr we're just being allowed to get professional wrestling once again yeah I thank you both so much for being here with me today. This has been absolutely fantastic. That brings us to the end of this episode of Turnbuckle Talk, episode 326. OMD, what have you got coming up and where can the people find you? Well, tonight or coming up this week on Thursday night, I have the Boar's Nest with Bubba Duke. We will be playing the Elder Scrolls online. And you can find me as it's scrolling by on the ticker on my Facebook, Daniel Harissic, and my Snapchat, One Man Dynamic. Mr. Best, what have you got going on inside the world of our local establishment? And uh, where can the people find you? All right. So you can find me uh, every Monday night on the Raw Watch Along alongside Carl Carafella and sometimes OMD. Uh, alongside Chris Parrish as well when he does his run-in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on YouTube, you can find me at YouTube at ChrisDamage83 or CBRS Entertainment as the state channel name actually is. Or you can find me on Twitch TV at CBRS underscore entertainment. Right now, I'm still toying around with my streaming stuff. Last week, I had a little bit of uh, hiccups with uh, my tech issues with it, so I'm still trying to figure iron out that uh, that trouble. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, give a huge you'll find me. Perfect. I want to give a huge shout out to our friends at Invasion Comics. If you're interested in comic books, Funko Pops, collectibles, and games, check out our friends at Invasion Comics at invasioncnc.ca. There is a secure website there for you to make your purchases and have them shipped to you. Thank you to Invasion 
cnc.ca. And we can't forget that Turnbuckle Talk is international, baby, with our friends over at realwrestling.net. Make sure that you are checking out realwrestling.net news and views by real fans out of the UK. Take whatever time you need to write this down. Pause. Do whatever you got to do inside of this video. But this is where you can follow our local establishment. All the different streaming services and social media sites are down below. And you can even email us at olepodcasts at gmail.com. And if you're looking for myself, easy enough. Right underneath my name has been there all night. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Carl Carafel. That's my link tree. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash K-A-R-L-K-A-R-U-F-E-L. For Chris Best and for OMD, I am Carl Carafel, and this has been Turnbuckle Talk. Remember, everyone, the world's a scary place. Take care of each other.